Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. just about to start talking about chapter 5 of Hebrews to understand what that has to say to our situation today, Colin. And this section of scripture describes our high priest, who is Jesus, as one who understands our weaknesses. And that's very much the vein in which we continue today. Yes, we've been talking um, in these last couple of days about the rest of faith, the Sabbath rest of God, being in that relationship of trust and confidence in him. And we've seen that this is, it is only possible to have such a relationship with God and to be able to really enter into heavenly places when we pray and when we worship, to really come before the throne of grace because Jesus is our high priest who has borne the sacrifice of his own life right into heavenly places, opening up the way for us. Now, that might sound a little bit complicated. So what the writer to Hebrews now does is explain this to us. He explains how God has brought all this about. So if anybody is feeling a little bit confused about all this, just stay with it because you're going to get um, a whole lot of revelation in these next few days. So if we read from the beginning of chapter 5, Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. Now, of course, that was the duty of the high priest in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. Uh, He was but a man, and, of course, he entered into the Holy of Holies uh, on the Day of Atonement, only one uh, day in the year, and there he prayed for the forgiveness of his own sins as well as the sins of the whole nation. So uh, the people to whom uh, this letter is written would be familiar with um, the the duties of the high pri- priest. He explains, he is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. Uh, This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. No one takes this honor upon himself. No one can just make himself the high priest. He must be called by God just as Aaron was. Now that of Aaron, of course, is the line of the high priests in the Old Testament. Now, the writer now begins to talk about Christ. So Christ also did not take upon himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, you are my son, today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now what on earth does that mean? Well, Melchizedek was this character that we read about um, who had a a meeting with Abraham after uh, Abraham had um, recovered uh, the the people that had been um, taken away and and all the goods uh, that had been stolen. Uh, You remember he pursued them and had a great victory over them and was returning home with with, um, 
the people that had been taken, plus all the booty that they'd have. And he met this Melchizedek. And obviously, this was some kind of vision of Jesus. This was, a, if you like, a, 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 a type of, of Jesus Christ. And it, it's not a very long um, account we have of this meeting with Abraham and Melchizedek, but Abraham's immediate reaction was to bow down to worship, really, Melchizedek, and to give him a tenth of everything that he had. Now, that, of course, was the beginning of the tithe. The tithe didn't originate in the law, but in this meeting of... of um, Abraham with Melchizedek. Now, how a scripture describes Melchizedek is he was one who, he just appeared. He, he there was no beginning, there was no ending. Um, he, he wasn't born, he didn't die. Uh, it therefore was, he, he was a, a sort of a manifestation of Christ before the incarnation. Um, so, uh, Jesus was a priest, not like Aaron, where this passed down from one person to another with the generations, but there was no beginning to his high priesthood. There was no ending. He just comes as the Son of God, uh, and he does this work of sacrifice on behalf of the whole of mankind. Now, um, he did, if you like, he began this work before the cross. So the, the, um, the writer explains in verse 7, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, and was designated by God to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. In other words, we don't need another high priest. This isn't like Aaron, where every generation would need to have its own high priest. But now we've had a high priest who has done the work. He, he, it's finished. It's accomplished. Uh, and we can live in the good of what he has done. Now, there's, there's so much important truth just in these few verses. We can see how Jesus shared completely in, in our humanity. Uh, we know the conflict that he went through in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. But there is this strange, or what appears strange at first, that although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Now, you could think that uh, that is suggesting that um, uh, he wasn't always obedient but had to learn obedience and that he wasn't always perfect but was made perfect. Now, that, of course, is to misunderstand completely what the writer is saying here. He was always obedient even during his childhood, even 
to the time when he began his ministry. All the way through his ministry, Jesus was obedient to the Father. I haven't come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He said, I speak no words of my own. I speak only those words my Father gives me to speak. I can do nothing of myself. I do only those the things I see my Father doing. So we see this life of perfect submission and obedience to the Father. But of course, that obedience had to go right the way through even to the point of death, which is why he went through this conflict in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And therefore, his perfection was realized in being fully obedient even to the point of death. He, his, his life was not just obedient and then there was a disobedience or perfect, and then he did something imperfect and had to be made perfect. No, the, the perfection and the obedience had to be seen even in the ultimate, ultimate dilemma of having to yield himself and to give his life as a sacrifice for us on the cross. And therefore, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The strange thing about Jesus is he was the sacrifice, the lamb that was offered on the cross, but he was also the high priest offering the sacrifice. And he, if we like to put it this way, he carries the blood into heaven and therefore opens up the way to heaven for all of us so we can come before the throne of grace now, even while we're here on earth, when we pray and when we worship. But of course, we look forward to the time when we will be in heaven with Jesus. Some people listening to us, Colin, might think, my goodness, the writer here to the Hebrews is really going into great detail. But I guess it's really important that we understand the true nature of Jesus and what really has happened. Well, when we began to go through this epistle, I said that the, it was sad that there are so many Christians, especially in, in Western countries, who sort of really almost dismiss this epistle. They don't pay very much attention because it seems to be so Jewish. And in one sense it is, but then Jesus was a Jew. And uh, God worked out his salvation uh, in this particular way. Salvation is from the Jews because Jesus came and was born um, as, as a Jew. So uh, to understand um, the whole business of sacrifice and why the cross was necessary, God put this letter into our New Testament. God, God arranged, if you like, for that to happen. And so it's full of absolutely vital truth. And I, you know, we've, we've been talking this week about the rest of faith. And I think there are a lot of people that don't understand that it's even possible to have uh, a relationship with God whereby you can enjoy tremendous peace and trust and confidence no matter what your circumstances or how many difficulties arise, simply because they do not understand this whole business of what Jesus accomplished as our high priest. In other words, they don't really understand the message of Hebrews, which is why I'm so excited when I talk about this and why I want everybody who is listening to really understand they can enter this rest, not because of anything that they can do, but because of what God has already done through Jesus. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 